Appendix 1 of Dread, A Tale of the Great Dismal Swamp by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dread, Appendix Number 1 Nat Turner's Confessions As an illustration of the character and views ascribed to dread we make a few extracts from the confessions of nat turner as published by t r gray esq of southampton virginia in november eighteen thirty one one of the principal conspirators in this affair was named dread we will give first the certificate of the court and a few sentences from mr gray's introductory remarks and then proceed with turner's own narrative we the undersigned members of the court convened in jerusalem on saturday the fifth day of november eighteen thirty one for the trial of nat alias nat turner a negro slave late the property of putnam moore deceased to hereby certify that the confession of nat to thomas r gray was read to him in our presence and that nat acknowledged the same to be full free and voluntary and that furthermore when called upon by the presiding magistrate of the court to state if he had anything to say why sentence of death should not be passed upon him replied he had nothing further than he had communicated to mr gray given under our hands and seals at jerusalem this fifth day of november eighteen thirty one jeremiah cobb james w parker samuel b hines Thomas Pretlow, Carr Bowers, Oris A. Brown, State of Virginia, Southampton County, to wit, I, James Rochelle, Clerk of the County Court of Southampton and the State of Virginia, do hereby certify that Jeremiah Cobb, Thomas Pretlow, James W. Parker, Carr Bowers, Samuel B. Hines, and Oris A. Brown, Esquires, are acting justices of the peace and and for the county aforesaid and were members of the court which convened at jerusalem on saturday the fifth day of november eighteen thirty one for the trial of nat alias nat turner a negro slave late the property of putnam moore deceased who was tried and convicted as an insurgent in the late insurrection in the county of southampton aforesaid and that full faith and credit are due and ought to be given to their acts as justices of the peace aforesaid in testimony whereof i have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the court aforesaid to be affixed the fifth day of november eighteen thirty one james rochelle c s c c everything connected with this sad affair was wrapped in mystery until nat turner the leader of this ferocious band whose name has resounded through our widely extended empire was captured since his confinement by permission of the jailer i have had ready access to him and finding that he was willing to make a full and free confession of the origin progress and consummation of the insurrectory movements of the slaves of which he was the contriver and head i determined for the gratification of public curiosity to commit his statements to writing and publish them 
with little or no variation from his own words he was not only the contriver of the conspiracy but gave the first blow towards its execution it will thus appear that whilst everything upon the surface of society wore a calm and peaceful aspect whilst not one note of preparation was heard to warn the devoted inhabitants of woe and death a gloomy fanatic was revolving in the recesses of his own dark bewildered and overwrought mind schemes of indiscriminate massacre to the whites schemes too fearfully executed as far as his fiendish band proceeded in their desolating march no cry for mercy penetrated their flinty bosoms no acts of remembered kindness made the least impression upon these remorseless murderers men women and children from hoary age to helpless infancy were involved in the same cruel fate never did a band of savages do their work of death more unsparingly nat has survived all his followers and the gallows will speedily close his career his own account of the conspiracy is submitted to the public without comment it reads an awful and it is hoped a useful lesson as to the operations of a mind like his endeavouring to grapple with things beyond its reach how it first became bewildered and confounded and finally corrupted and led to the conception and perpetration of the most atrocious and heart-rending deeds if nat's statements can be relied on the insurrection in this county was entirely local and his designs confided but to a few and these in his immediate vicinity it was not instigated by motives of revenge or sudden anger but the result of long deliberation and a settled purpose of mind the offspring of gloomy fanaticism acting upon materials but too well prepared for such impressions i was thirty-one years of age the second of october last and born the property of benjamin turner of this county in my childhood a circumstance occurred which made an indelible impression on my mind and laid the groundwork of that enthusiasm which has terminated so fatally to many both white and black and for which i am about to atone at the gallows it is here necessary to relate this circumstance trifling as it may seem it was with the commencement of that belief which has grown with time and even now sir in this dungeon helpless and forsaken as i am i cannot divest myself of being at play with other children when three or four years old i was telling them something which my mother overhearing said it had happened before i was born i stuck to my story however and related some things which went in her opinion to confirm it others being called on were greatly astonished knowing that these things had happened and caused them to say in my hearing i surely would be a prophet as the lord had shown me things that had happened before my birth and my father and mother strengthened me in this first impression saying in my presence i was intended for some great purpose which they had always thought from certain marks on my head and breast Parentheses a parcel of excrescences which i believe were not at all uncommon particularly among negroes as i have seen several with the same in this case he has either cut them off or they have nearly disappeared Parentheses closed my grandmother who was very religious and to whom i was very much attached 
my master who belonged to the church and other religious persons who visited the house and whom i often saw at prayers noticing the singularity of my manners i suppose and my uncommon intelligence for a child remarked i had too much sense to be raised and if i was i would never be of any service to anyone as a slave to a mind like mine restless inquisitive and observant of everything that was passing it was easy to suppose that religion was the subject to which it would be directed and although this subject principally occupied my thoughts there was nothing that i saw or heard of to which my attention was not directed the manner in which i learned to read and write not only had great influence on my mind as i acquired it with the utmost perfect ease so much so that i have no recollection whatever of learning the alphabet but to the astonishment of the family one day when a book was shown to me to keep me from crying i began spelling the names at different objects this was a source of wonder to all in the neighborhood particularly the blacks and this learning was constantly improved at all opportunities when i got large enough to go to work while employed i was reflecting on many things that would present themselves to my imagination and whenever an opportunity occurred of looking at a book when the school children were getting their lessons i would find many things that the fertility of my own imagination had depicted to me before all my time not devoted to my master's service was spent either in prayer or in making experiments and casting different things in moulds made of earth in attempting to make paper gunpowder and many other experiments that although i could not perfect yet convinced me of its practicability if i had the means footnote when questioned as to the manner of manufacturing these different articles he was found well informed End of footnote. i was not addicted to stealing in my youth nor have ever been yet such was the confidence of the negroes in the neighborhood even at this early period of my life in my superior judgment that they would often carry me with them when they were going on any roguery to plan for them growing up among them with this confidence in my superior judgment and when this in their opinions was perfected by divine inspiration from the circumstances already alluded to in my infancy in which belief was ever afterwards zealously inculcated by the austerity of my life and manners which became the subject of remark by white and black having soon discovered to be great i must appear so and therefore studiously avoided mixing in society and wrapped myself in mystery devoting my time to fasting and prayer by this time having arrived to man's estate and hearing the scriptures commented on at meetings i was struck by that particular passage which says seek ye the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you i reflected much on this passage and prayed daily for light on this subject as i was praying one day at my plough the spirit spoke to me saying seek ye the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you question what do you mean by the spirit answer the spirit that spoke to the prophets in former days and i was greatly astonished and for two years praying continually whenever my duty would permit and then again i had the same revelation which fully confirmed me in the impression that i was ordained for some great purpose in the hands of the almighty
several years rolled round in which many events occurred to strengthen me in this my belief at this time i reverted in my mind to the remarks made of me in my childhood and the things that had been shown me and as it had been said of me in my childhood by those by whom i had been taught to pray both white and black and in whom i had the greatest confidence that i had too much sense to be raised and if i was i would never be of any use to one as a slave now finding i had arrived to man's estate and was a slave and these revelations being made known to me i began to direct my attention to this great object to fulfil the purpose for which by this time i felt assured i was intended knowing the influence i had attained over the minds of my fellow-servants not by the means of conjuring and such-like tricks for to them i always spoke of such things with contempt but by the communion of the spirit whose revelations i often communicated to them and they believed and said my wisdom came from god i now began to prepare them for my purpose by telling them something was about to happen that would terminate in fulfilling the great promise that had been made to me about this time i was placed under an overseer from whom i ran away and after remaining in the woods thirty days i returned to the astonishment of the negroes on the plantation who thought i had made my escape to some other part of the country as my father had done before but the reason of my return was that the spirit appeared to me and said i had wishes directed to the things of this world and not to the kingdom of heaven and that i should return to the service of my earthly master for he who knoweth his master's will and doeth it not shall be beaten with many stripes and thus have i chastened you and the negroes found fault and murmured against me saying that if they had my sense they would not serve any master in the world and about this time i had a vision and i saw white spirits and black spirits engaged in battle and the sun was darkened the thunder rolled in the heavens and blood flowed in streams and i heard a voice saying such is your luck such you are called to see and let it come rough or smooth you must surely bear it i now withdrew myself as much as my situation would permit from the intercourse of my fellow-servants for the avowed purpose of serving the spirit more fully and it appeared to me and reminded me of the things it had already shown me and that it would then reveal to me the knowledge of the elements the revolution of the planets the operation of tides and the changes of the seasons after this revelation in the year eighteen twenty five and the knowledge of the elements being made known to me i sought more than ever to obtain true holiness before the great day of judgment should appear and then i began to receive the true knowledge of faith and from the first steps of righteousness until the last was i made perfect and the holy ghost was with me and said behold me as i stand in the heavens and i looked and saw the forms of men in different attitudes and there were lights in the skies to which the children of darkness gave other names than what they really were for they were the lights of the saviour's hands stretched forth from east to west even as they were extended on the cross on calvary and i wondered greatly at these miracles and prayed to be informed of a certainty of the meaning thereof and shortly afterwards while laboring in the field i discovered drops of blood on the corn as though it were dew from heaven and i communicated it to many both 
white and black in the neighborhood and i then found on the leaves in the woods hieroglyphic characters and numbers with the forms of men in different attitudes portrayed in blood and representing the figures i had seen before in the heavens and now the holy ghost had revealed itself to me and made plain the miracles it had shown me for as the blood of christ had been shed on this earth and had ascended to heaven for the salvation of sinners and was now returning to earth again in the form of dew and as the leaves on the trees bore the impression of the figures i had seen in the heavens it was plain to me that the saviour was about to lay down the yoke he had borne for the sins of men and the great day of judgment was at hand about this time i told these things to a white man ethelred t brantley on whom it had a wonderful effect and he ceased from his wickedness and was attacked immediately with a cutaneous eruption and blood oozed from the pores of his skin and after praying and fasting nine days he was healed and the spirit appeared to me again and said as the divine saviour had been baptized so should we be also and when the white people would not let us be baptized by the church we went down into the river together in the sight of many who reviled us and were baptized by the spirit after this i rejoiced greatly and gave thanks to god and on the twelfth of may eighteen twenty eight i heard a loud noise in the heavens and the spirit instantly appeared to me and said the serpent was loosened and christ had laid down the yoke he had borne for the sins of men and that i should take it on and fight against the serpent for the time was fast approaching when the first should be last and the last should be first question do you not find yourself mistaken now answer was not christ crucified and by signs in the heaven that it would make known to me when i should commence the great work and until the first sign appeared i should conceal it from the knowledge of men and on the appearance of the sign the eclipse of the sun last february i should arise and prepare myself and slay my enemies with their own weapons and immediately on the sign appearing in the heavens the seal was removed from my lips and i communicated the great work laid out for me to do to four in whom i had the greatest confidence henry hark nelson and sam it was intended by us to have begun the work of death on the fourth of july last many were the plans formed and rejected by us and it affected my mind to such a degree that i fell sick and the time passed without our coming to any determination how to commence still forming new schemes and rejecting them when the sign appeared again which determined me not to wait longer since the commencement of eighteen thirty i had been living with mr joseph travis who was to me a kind master and placed the greatest confidence in me in fact i had no cause to complain of his treatment to me on saturday evening the twentieth of august it was agreed between henry hark and myself to prepare a dinner the next day for the men we expected and then to concert a plan as we had not yet determined on any hark on the following morning brought a pig and henry brandy and being joined by sam nelson will and jack they prepared in the woods at dinner where about three o'clock i joined them Question why were you so backward in joining them answer the same reason that had caused me not to mix with them for years before 
i saluted them on coming up and asked will how he came there he answered his life was worth no more than others and his liberty is dear to him i asked him if he thought to obtain it he said he would or lose his life this was enough to put him in full confidence jack i knew was only a tool in the hands of hark it was quickly agreed we should commence a home mr j travis's on that night and until we had armed and equipped ourselves and gathered sufficient force neither age nor sex was to be spared which was invariably adhered to we remained at the feast until about two hours in the night when we went to the house and found austin we will not go into the horrible details of the various massacres but only make one or two extracts to show the spirit and feelings of turner i then went to mr john t harrow's they had been here and murdered him i pursued on their track to captain newitt harris's where i found the greater part mounted and ready to start the men now amounting to about forty shouted and hurrayed as i rode up some were in the yard loading their guns others drinking they said captain harris and his family had escaped the property in the house they destroyed robbing him of money and other valuables i ordered them to mount and march instantly this was about nine or ten o'clock monday morning i proceeded to mr levi waller's two or three miles distant i took my station in the rear and as it was my object to carry terror and devastation wherever we went i placed fifteen or twenty of the best armed and most to be relied on in front who generally approached the houses as fast as their horses could run this was for two purposes to prevent their escape and strike terror to the inhabitants on this account i never got to the houses after leaving mrs whitehead's until the murders were committed except in one case i sometimes got in sight in time to see the work of death completed viewed the mangled bodies as they lay in silent satisfaction and immediately started in quest of other victims having murdered mrs waller and the ten children we started for mr william williams having killed him and two little boys that were there while engaged in this mrs williams fled and got some distance from the house but she was pursued overtaken and compelled to get up behind one of the company who brought her back and after showing her the mangled body of her lifeless husband she was told to get down and lay by his side where she was shot dead the white men pursued and fired on us several times hark had his horse shot under him and i caught another for him as it was running by me five or six of my men were wounded but none left on the field finding myself defeated here i instantly determined to go through a private way and cross the nottoway river at the cypress bridge three miles below jerusalem and attack that place in the rear as i expected they would look for me on the other road and i had a great desire to get there to procure arms and ammunition after going a short distance in this private way accompanied by about twenty men i overtook two or three who told me the others were dispersed in every direction on this i gave up all hope for the present and on thursday night after having supplied myself with provisions from mr travis's i scratched a hole under a pile of fence rails in a field where i concealed myself for six weeks never leaving my hiding place but for a few minutes in the dead of night to get water which was very near 
thinking by this time i could venture out i began to go out in the night and eavesdrop the houses in the neighborhood pursuing this course for about a fortnight and gathering little or no intelligence afraid of speaking to any human being and returning every morning to my cave before the dawn of day i know not how long i might have led this life if accident had not betrayed me a dog in the neighborhood passing by my hiding place one night while i was out was attracted by some meat i had in my cave and crawled in and stole it and was coming out just as i returned a few nights after two negroes having started to go hunting with the same dog and passed that way the dog came again to the place and having just gone out to walk about discovered me and barked on which thinking myself discovered i spoke to them to beg concealment on making myself known they fled from me knowing then they would betray me i immediately left my hiding place and was pursued almost incessantly until i was taken a fortnight afterwards by mr benjamin phipps in a small hole i had dug out with my sword for the purpose of concealment under the top of a fallen tree during the time i was pursued i had many hairbreadth escapes which your time will not permit you to relate i am here loaded with chains and willing to suffer the fate that awaits me mr gray asked him if he knew of any extensive or concerted plan his answer was i do not when i questioned him as to the insurrection in north carolina happening about the same time he denied any knowledge of it when i looked him in the face as though i would search his inmost thoughts he replied i see sir you doubt my word but can you not think the same ideas and strange appearances about this time in the heavens might prompt others as well as myself to this undertaking i now had much conversation with and asked him many questions having forborne to do so previously except in the cases noted in parentheses but during his statement had unnoticed by him taken notes as to some particular circumstances and having the advantage of his statement before me in writing on the evening of the third day that i had been with him i began a cross-examination and found his statement corroborated by every circumstance coming within my own knowledge or the confessions of others who had been either killed or executed and whom he had not seen or had any knowledge of since the twenty-second of august last he expressed himself fully satisfied as to the impracticability of this attempt it has been said he was ignorant and cowardly and that his object was to murder and rob for the purpose of obtaining money to make his escape it is notorious that he was never known to have a dollar in his life to swear an oath or drink a drop of spirits as to his ignorance he certainly never had the advantages of education but he can read and write it was taught him by his parents and for natural intelligence and quickness of apprehension is surpassed by few men i have ever seen as to his being a coward his reason is given for not resisting mr phipps shows the decision of his character when he saw mr phipps present his gun he said he knew it was impossible for him to escape as the woods were full of men he therefore thought it was better to surrender and trust to fortune for his escape he is a complete fanatic or plays his part most admirably on other subjects he possesses an uncommon share of intelligence 
with a mind capable of attaining anything but warped and perverted by the influence of early impressions he is below the ordinary stature though strong and active having the true negro face every feature of which is strongly marked i shall not attempt to describe the effect of his narrative as told and commented on by himself in the condemned hole of the prison the calm deliberate composure with which he spoke of his late deeds and intentions the expression of his fiend-like face when excited by enthusiasm still bears the stains of the blood of helpless innocence about him clothed with rags and covered with chains yet daring to raise his manacled hands to heaven with a spirit soaring above the attributes of man i looked on him and my blood curdled in my veins end of appendix number one